0: All right, another half hour of getting you around the country and around the world. Our travel guide and expert Sally Lucas is here. And uh, Sally, Greenland and Iceland apparently on the agenda today.
1: They are, and I guess they're both very special in their own right, and they're both actually quite different in their own right. So we'll learn a little bit more about that and also a little bit about Tassie because it's one of my favourites.
0: All right, so we are going to be a little bit close to home and then a little bit across the other side of the world. So both, yes, one both. side to the other. We'll squeeze it all in. Greenland is first on the travel ticket today.
1: Yeah, well, I thought we'd head to, to Greenland and Iceland because they're areas, I guess, that particularly Greenland that not many people have been to. It's sort of been off the tourist radar, if you like. But they are, of course, Iceland's always been more popular and, of course, it is... Um, Much more popular, has much more population, um, roads, etc. Because what you've got to remember, Iceland is greener and Greenland is icier.
0: (laughs) Could they just not do like some sort of prisoner exchange program here and swap names?
1: You'd wonder why. So the capital of Greenland is Nook in the UK, which is a word meaning Cape, but 80% of the country is covered by an ice sheet. So that gives you an idea, so there's not many roads yeah. you can 't circumnavigate the island like you can Iceland so it's it's more limited, and of course it's got far less population for that reason as well. but having said that it's it's still an interesting place to go to now Iceland, for example, only has about between ten and fourteen percent of its land masses ice shelf, so that's a lot of difference, mm. as you can understand. But there are lots of cruisers doing these now. That's why I thought I'd mention it. So there's some great cruisers that do circumnavigations of Iceland and also going into Greenland now as well. But they're hoping, well, Greenland is hoping, of course, to encourage more tourism there and they're hoping to get additional airports built and additional infrastructure that will bring people there because it is so unique and it is just so different because it just hasn't had the tourism going in there. But you have cruises at the moment that do, as I said, the northern part of um, Greenland and also... To the south, to what they call the Garden of Greenland, and that does actually have a green area with rolling green pastures and grazing sheep, etc. And that's the Atlantic coast, which is at the uh, southernmost fringe of the ice cap. And there's also down there, you've got an area, um, my pronunciation of Icelandic and Greenlandic, if I can call them that words, is probably not correct, so please bear with me. But there is a World UNESCO Heritage Site there called Kuyata. Which has sites of agricultural significance, including the 10th century homestead of the Viking Eric the Red, so you know, it does have that Viking history as well. Um, and also, they've got turquoise lakes, for example, is there as well. So you are getting beautiful scenery that you can take wonderful pictures of, and lovely sounds, etc. Um, also, the Northeast Greenland National Park is the world's largest, and more than 100 Yellowstone National Parks could fit inside its borders. But so Australia is still bigger yeah. than Greenland. But everyone wants to say, well, "Who's the bigger?" No, we are mm-hmm. still bigger than Greenland. But it's still quite quite a large uh, island, and they've also got like high Arctic creatures like reindeers, uh, musk oxen, walruses, etc. Arctic fox, even or a polar bear on a floe, you might see an ice floe. They get migratory birds like barnacle geese, Arctic terns, several species of rare gulls, and you you just going These cruises will just let you experience, I guess, what it must have been like even in the Viking days, because I don't think it's changed. All that much it hasn't sort of leapt I- into the 21st century so
0: but that's good though because you can see something you've got that that living breathing historical context
1: Well exactly and I mean I, I was lucky enough in because of my length of time in, in the industry like I was lucky enough to go to places like Indonesia and China before they were ever popular with tourism and the funny thing is I loved them back then. And I don't want to go there again now because they've become too modern for me. Because I love that getting there before it all becomes, you know, overly touristic. But That's just me. Everybody's different. And a lot of people love glitz and glamour and the high rise and the entertainment. And, you know, it's horses for courses, isn't it? But I must admit, I love Mm. getting to places when it's their early days of tourism Mm. because I just think it's so special.
0: Do you remember when a few years ago when um, former President Trump wanted to buy Greenland? (laughs) <laughs>
1: Do you remember that being a thing? Yeah, it's a golf course in Scotland. Even doesn't no, he? he
0: wanted um, the that he wanted the United States it's to buy to it? take it? Yeah, no, I don't remember. Yeah, that. he said, uh, "quote unquote," essentially, it would be a real estate deal. I suppose it would be.
1: <laughs> yeah, was well, well, it didn't happen. But. Didn't know it didn't happen, but but Iceland, of course, just getting back to that for a minute, mm. you can get around Iceland quite easily. You could even hire a car. It's got incredible waterfalls, the names of which I'm not even going to try and pronounce, but they've got some of the most beautiful waterfalls in the world, and. You've got, of course, um, what they—the original word, Giza or geyser. thats what came from there. They spell it G E Y S I R. Of course, you can go to all these thermal areas. You can swim in these incredible, this blue lagoon, which is a really memorable outdoor bathing experience. But you're in this beautiful water, which is volcanic. You know, it can be cold outside, but here you are in this nice,
0: nice and warm. Uh,
1: how how nice is that? And of course, you've got the capital, which again I might not be pronouncing correctly, Reykjavik. Um You've got a chain of 15 southern islands, which you can get to by ferry or flight. Um, they've got this incredible ring road, which is an 800 mile drive that takes you through all these areas we've just mentioned, remote. View Fjords, geothermal springs, uh, geysers, glaciers, black sand beaches, volcanic cones, craters, rich bird life. So, you know, they are two different areas um, and they both have something to offer. But I think Greenland will end up becoming more and more, I think, on people's list because it is an emerging country for tourism.
0: All right, so you get to jump in now before that happens and... Uh, Hopefully. ...before it changes.
1: Yes, before it changes too much anyway.
0: And Sally, we've done our international portion. We've done Greenland and Iceland. We have. Uh, this is almost international. It's overseas anyway, We're heading to... <laughs> across, across the Tasman anyway. A, a winter escape to Tasmania.
1: And why wouldn't you? I know everyone thinks like, you know, go down in the in the warmer months. and But just remember, Tassie can be winter even in summer. I've been there in November and it hasn't got above 10 or 11 degrees on the West Coast. So,
0: welcome no, to winter. <laughs> so,
1: you know, go in winter and really experience it. Like, they're so famous now for their whiskies, their gins, all their produce is just fantastic, their wines. Um, There's truffle farms down there. And, of course, everyone has got a crackling fire going Mm. just about. all, Even a lot of the hotels have genuine fires, fireplaces, which are just gorgeous to sit around and and have a glass of red or whatever whatever your tastes are. And there's some lovely places that you can go to as well. There's one called the Thousand Lakes Lodge. Now, it's about 90 minutes from Launceston, two hours from Hobart. So it's in the central plateau area of Tasmania, which is quite stunning. So you can stay at this. um, It was originally an Antarctic training facility. So in 2016, they decided to do this incredible refurbishment of it and turn it into a lodge. So it's absolutely wonderful. The photos, if you want to go online and have a look, look absolutely stunning. And the size of the fireplace, oh, my God, it's it's huge. And it's all surrounded by you know, beautiful stone. And you can just imagine sitting there at the end of the day, looking at these beautiful windows. Oh, magical onto, stuff, yeah. Oh, absolutely magical. And also Cradle Mountain Lodge has also re- been recently renovated. And they've got some beautiful um, big stone um Fireplaces within their lodges as well, and the Pump House Point—that was an old pump house overlooking Lake St Clair—that's been turned into boutique. Accommodation And all these places are just stunning to stay at. So winter is truffle season as well. So you might, if you're into truffles, of course, uh, freshly harvested from the local truffle farms. And it's a rare fungi, as we all know. And it's served at a lot of Tasmania's top restaurants. A uh, few farms do offer seasonal harvest tours led by special truffle hunting dogs, if you're into that. So that's, that's something you can do as well. Um, you can do tours for... Um, couple of different companies one's called Tasmanian truffles truffles of Tasmania or the truffle door dore and that's a, a little um Restaurant as well, so you have a lovely fire there with rustic lunches, and they're open from Friday to Sunday from 10 to 5. So that's something interesting. You can do you can warm up with whiskey, as we did mention, it's Tasmanian Whiskey Week in winter as well. Warm the cockles of your heart with a wee dram of whiskey, why not? <laughs> For sure, <laughs> yeah. So it, this annual festival includes distillery tours, master classes, and dinners with matching whiskies as well. Um, there's one in Hobart that's Lark, it's called, and it's next to um. The Mawson Hut, if you've never done it, it's a complete replica of Mawson's Hut in Hobart. Now, that'd be cool. And, and it's got all the old photographs and old footage and it's just, it's just as it was left. It is just remarkable. So if you haven't done that yet, please add that onto your list. Of course, we all know that they have the Salamanca Markets in Hobart on a Saturday morning. Um, but then again, you can also, you know, go up the top of Mount Wellington, which is quite fantastic. But just be careful if you are going up there in your own vehicle that you can get black eyes and in snow so just check your weather conditions obviously don't go up if if the weather's all you haven't got a suitable you know what I mean vehicle to do that Mm. because it's quite a steep drive and quite a steep obviously descent again coming down Um, you can go skiing snowboarding and tobogganing in Ben Lomond National Park that's got lifts equipment higher Lessons, etc., all there for you in the heart of the Mount Field National Park, which is a beautiful national park in its own right, with some of the tallest eucalypts in the world. It's just stunning, and waterfalls, etc. Even the other months, it's it's lovely. And don't forget, we've talked about the Aurora Borealis. Let's not forget the Aurora Australis, which you see in Tasmania frequently. And people forget about that, and it's mainly from May to August, but even sometimes into September. Obviously, if you go south from Hobart, you're more likely to see it away from obviously city lights, etc. So about forty kilometres from central Hobart isn't all that far. When you think about it. Not well, nothing's really, far in Tassie all. anyway. So, but you can actually even up top of Mount Wellington. Some nights you'll still. Be able to see it depending on the clarity of the sky, so you can witness these wonderful curtains of light that are just spectacular. Again, if you go online and and Google southern lights, you'll see some people who've. You know, posted some wonderful photos, and that will tell you where they've done it from as well, so that you can pick those points where you think you might like to get to where they've taken some of these fantastic photos. How nice
0: is that? Like you so say, you do that planning based off uh, other people that have already done it. Done it,
1: yeah. So yes, yeah, consider winter. Uh, they cater for it down there, like everyone does for winter. They are the heating and beautiful snuggles by the fire. Why not? It's um, it's a lovely spot to go any time of the year.
0: All right, sounds pretty good, and uh, the, the snuggles, particularly since it'll be cold and. <laughs> Time yes, Sally, so we exactly. uh, covered a lot today. We've done winter in Tassie, we've done those other tropical destinations of Greenland and Iceland. <laughs> Sally, maybe you've got somewhere a little bit warmer for us in the hot deals. Yeah,
1: well, I have actually, I've got a mix, but it's mainly cruising this week because it every year. All the cruise companies have what they call Cruise Sale Week, but it actually goes for two weeks, so work that one out. So it started on the 1st of May and it goes through till the 15th. So if you want to take advantage of special offers, you need to actually book by the 15th of May to take advantage of some of it. The, and they do vary from company to company. But I'll just go through a couple. For example, Princess Cruises are giving you a bonus up to $100 on board credit and a 50% reduced deposit, so long as you're booking a Princess Cruise of three nights or longer, just to give you an example. Um, Now, they've also got another offer on top of that. So even if you don't or can't book by 15 May, they've got offers with an air credit of $1,000 per person, savings of up to 30% off launch fares, and again, a US dollar onboard credit. So that's separate to this cruise week offer. Okay, so you can still get that. Now that is available, for example, on an inside passage with Glacier Bay, which is an 11-night cruise on Crown Princess from San Francisco return. And of course, everything's included, as we all know, on board a cruise ship, but you're also getting three nights in a four-star hotel as well. So it's like a little bit of a cruise tour package uh, with an airfare credit that you can use towards whatever airline you wish to travel with. Now this is for the 4th of May next year and that offer is valid till the 15th of June. Um, there's also one best of the Mediterranean sun same thing applies now this is a 20 night cruise sun princess from Chivita Vecchia, which is your port uh, for Rome and you're getting four nights again in a four star hotel a Tuscany wine tour etc plus a lovely itinerary that is doing all sorts of interesting spots in the med including like Gibraltar Cartagena Barcelona Mallorca Marseille Genoa La Spezia uh, Naples Sicily Corfu Athens Kushadasi Santorini. Yeah, what an itinerary. That is really fantastic. Now that's 19 March next year, and that also is valid till 15th of June with those special offers and air credits. And also one of Japan, a Japan cruise tour as well. Now this is a five-night land tour from Kyoto to Tokyo, including some meals, and a 20-night cruise on the Diamond Princess that's doing a circumnavigation of Japan as well. That's 25 May next year, and again, same deal with the airfare credits, etc. And that's valid until 15. June. But as I said, if you want to get that other additional uh, reduced deposit and onboard credit, you've got to book by 15 May. Um, Secrets of Sicily. Now, that's another one. A lot of people have taken a great interest in Sicily. It's become one of the hottest destinations in Italy, actually, um, is Sicily. So this, again, you've got an airfare credit on this one as well. Now, this is August, next year but you've got to book this one by the 15th of May and it's a 12 night circumnavigation of Sicily which is just absolutely fantastic with Swan Hellenic Um, and the um, other ones I was going to talk about is not cruising but if you want to do something really different next year in Britain you've got a small group tour that's doing Roman Britain so you're travelling back in time to explore Londinium which was Roman London and going which was around the year 43 can you believe that's Just a little while ago. Just a little <laughs> while ago. So you're getting private guided tours that take you around the London Wall, which is a defensive wall built by the Romans, and also to the city's boundaries until the late Middle Ages. So it's a really interesting tour. You're not just going to London, of course. You're going to Canterbury. going to all sorts of places, to, to, to Dover, and where the Gauls and everything lived and where all the Romans outposts were in Britain. So that is a, a tour that's happening next year in September 2024. And there's a Scottish Isle small group to also July and September next year which is also including the Shetland Islands which is fantastic the 20 days and there's those just two departures next year for that as well so they're very interesting itineraries if you're interested in history so the Orkneys the Shetlands and all about the history of these areas so anyone that's really loves their history these tools are really specialising in doing just that.
0: All right, so plenty to see and do there, Sally. And like you said, it's Cruise Week, which is really Cruise Half a Month. That doesn't sound so hot. That's probably why they just have to cut off the name for a week, I reckon.
1: I know, whatever. So ends 15 May. They just remember that anyway. Whether you think of it as a week or two, it ends 15 May.
0: All right, keep that in mind. Sally, have yourself a great weekend. Thank you. Another Talking Travel next Friday. Thanks, Mark.